0: Hey guys, this is early morning culture kun here. Culture talk. I am speaking to you on the ninth episode of season four. This podcast, particularly with this season themed on self, and today I'm going to talk about self-esteem. So self-esteem for me is about respect, and as I've gotten older, respect has evolved as a word for me. Before, when I was younger, I think respect and obedience, or loyalty, or compliance. As I'm older, and as I'm evolving, respect means more defiance, reliance on self. Respect shows strength, sometimes in vulnerability, other times in responsibility. And I think about this culturally speaking, politically speaking, economically speaking, spiritually speaking, materially speaking. Respect affects my life in so many quadrants and is a multifaceted phenomenon because there isn't a single domain, there isn't a unitary dimension which we can pigeonhole respect in. And in talking with respect, I want to pay some respect to Palestine. I stand with Palestine. I want to give respect to the nation, or at least the nation-state, which it is. And in all of them, I'm going to give a moment of silence, so... Thank you guys for participating in that moment with me. So, of late I've been filtering my associations, my affiliations, and my relationships with people on respect. Respect is the lens by which I'm guarding my heart and garnering attention and trying to save myself time, effort, attention, and money. I think socializing as a young adult, you learn a lot about respect in practice. You learn about how people see you based on respect. You learn that respect really does filter through the way we operate in different domains, whether it's in the workplace, whether it's in school, whether it's even in life, whether it's in home or just dealing with family politics and drama. Respect is something that is a constant. And in Africa, we have to earn our respect. We have to earn our say. We have to earn our opinion. It's not enough to suffer through your teenhood, through your adolescence, through your childhood. It's not enough to get through that trauma. You then have to go out, build in the world, and come back to the same people who traumatized you in order to gain their respect. It's a backward system. But largely, it comes from the world because the world at large doesn't predominantly preserve the piety of respect it doesn't give it the special status it should have respect i often think is a mask and people can pick it up and wear it as and when so you can show respect you can pay respect you can fake smile you can bow you can curtsy. you can shake a hand you can squeeze in honor or in showing but as opposed to the substance of that gesture it's lacking. And it really boggles my mind. So respect is something I've struggled with. I think self-respect more so. My upbringing. I've been talking about my upbringing a lot because I think it's important to look back so you know how far you've come. But also so you can recognize the patterns of people who weren't necessarily progressive. But I had such an imprint on you that your ideation, in this world, was impacted by their individual behaviors or characteristics towards you, and thus their emotions, as seen visibly, are ones which you reflect, but you don't actually realize you're mirroring that bad behavior. So, in talking about that, I want to look back and reminisce a little bit on where I learned to respect or how I learned to respect. So I think respect, at least from my upbringing, was interchangeable with fear. And I mentioned before, respect was to do with obedience and compliance. So we, I grew up in an Old Testament household. A fire and brimstone, spare the road, spoil the child. And the idea was the same hand that feeds you is the hand that straightens you out. So I remember there's times where certain members of my family raised raise their hands and they get a shiver down my spine, or I flinch a little bit. I guess it's that little kid in me reacting. And uh, I'm going to go off track a little bit here and give an analogy of the elephant and the stick. So, a long time ago when people used to train elephants in circuses, you'd get a baby elephant, like maybe a month old, and the way you'd get it to listen to you was through violence classic conditioning. Those of you who've done psychology know of Pavlov and you can condition animals with pleasure and pain. So when you want an animal to do something for you, say you want uh, to train a good behavior, you would reward it. If it's a dog and you want the dog to sit down, you give it a treat or you pat it on its head and you repeat that behavior until it ingrains in the animal, the reward system, which by then, by the time you remove the reward, the behavior has already been trained so that the animal registers the command in its pleasure centers. Now, when you do that with pain, that's when, say, a dog bites you and you hit it. And it bites again and hits it. Now, this is a pup biting at your ankles. Eventually, it will learn that this behavior results in this action. And so, the animal will disassociate the action from its instinct because of the pain. It will train itself out of fear to operate at an optimum so as to minimise the pain and maximise the pleasure. That same influence was taken and put onto elephants. So back to this analogue of the elephant and the stick. Elephant, great big creature, one of the big five. What a beautiful beautiful animal, probably one of my favourite African animals. I want a picture of him in my room actually. So this extraordinary creature trained from a very young age to fear men how how is it possible to fear something which is 10 times smaller than you well as a baby you hit it every time the elephant's out of order you beat it you beat it to a point it submits and you submit to your authority through fear now you train it with fear you train it to a point that when it sees that hand i'm sorry that stick you see, now, me- merging with the elephant. When it sees that stick, it flinches. That baby elephant inside it, big, great big creature with tusks, however many feet tall, however many feet wide, cowers in your presence, submits to your authority because of that stick. Because in its memory banks, lodged in there deeply, are the showings of the beatings, flashbacks of that violence and that fear which were used to train it, instilled in it from an early age. So we are trained to fear. And so in a similar way, when you show that elephant a stick and, you get, and its anxiety increases, its fear goes up, it's stressed out, and it's worried about your reaction, is the same way for me when certain people raise their hands or gesture towards me. I flinch a little bit and have to gather myself. It's our fear receptors. It's because we have a negative bias as creatures, living creatures. It's our survival instinct. And so whatever causes us pain, we remember very sharply because we don't want to experience pain again. We don't enjoy the pain. We don't want it. It's a threat to us. And so this is how I was brought up. In large part. Submit to authority. Listen to your elders. They are always right. And so with regards to self, you start to see yourself as an extension of a system, as an extension of them. And you attach yourself to their views and valuations of you. So whether you're told you're not good enough, you're too fat, too small, too thin, too this, too that, you then start to take on that image And wear it as if it was your own. When really you had your own machinations of self. You have your own projections of how you envision who you are. And I struggled with that. My self-esteem. So for so long I had to fight. And for so long I was in combat mode. And when I think back I'm so sorry to everyone. I was very argumentative because... I never had the platform to speak freely. I was unable to correct those who were wrong, because when I did so, it was in defiance of their authority. My honesty offended their authority, and thus, I was being a rebel, which called for the reaction of the stick, the hand, which took me back to that place where I felt small. Aside from that, I was also bullied when I was younger. I don't like telling that story. I really hate bullies. And outside of this bullying, which came from familial figures in my life, I was bullied at school. And, yeah, I remember a big kid, pick on me, hit me, whatever. I wouldn't tell people about it. I remember one day I told my dad. He told me to hit the kid when he hit me back. And I remember standing up for myself. I felt so powerful. I felt like David with a slingshot against Goliath. Because for so long, I was oppressed under his regime. I just had to take it, I had to soak it up. The same way in which the baby elephant would take up the bait in the punishment, I would submit. And so I have a serious issue with submission to authority. I think it's because I've been led in large part by tyrants. And I've been exposed to systems which are tyrannical and suffocating. And whether it's with school, whether it's with the choicelessness of life, whether it's with the lethargy of just liberty and being unable to express myself as fully as I'd want to be, holding myself within to preserve... to preserve my precious nature from being punctured further, to preserve little Quinn. I think... My inner child was wounded earlier on and he's healing. So, all my inner child wants was love. My inner adolescent wanted war, I wanted to see the world burn. And now, my young adult self is trying to humanize and rationalize people's reasons for acting the way they did. And, um,. Yeah, thinking about it is actually getting me really emotional. But yeah, it's been tough, man. Um, This journey of self-respect, self-esteem. I think people don't realise that when your ego's all you had to defend yourself, it's very hard to let it go. And I've been having conversations of late which are telling me that, you know, perhaps it's time to put the sword and the shield down. Perhaps it's okay to come out of combat mode. try some compassion but it's like my whole life I felt like the world was against me I felt like if I wasn't the best or amongst the best or doing my best I wasn't good enough it wasn't good enough and I'd be irrelevant and so I'm a perfectionist I really hate losing more so than that it's not that the defeat is particularly painful it's the fact that This dominance over me. It again takes me back to that place of being imposed on through various situations in my life. And, um, you know, in this current culture, in the home environment I'm in, I'm speaking more broadly, not just these four walls where I'm speaking to you. But this world we live in, this psychograph, Zambia. We have people who abuse their authority, take advantage of their position over others, and don't take into account that that kid will one day become a teen, that teen will one day become an adult, and that adult threatens to be a menace to society if they are mishandled earlier. And, you know, I think certain defects or misdemeanors in society point back to Mismanagement when we we're kids. You know, I feel like when you break something in a child, you unleash a whole new level of beast onto the world. And that anger, that resentment is just building and building and building until eventually the child erupts and we see the scars worn on its heart by its actions. We see nonchalantment, we see disdain, we see a lack of concern. Because for they, or at least for them, there was a lack of concern at one point in their life. There was a point where they felt cornered, there was a point where they felt alone, and there was a point where they felt defenseless now they're big enough, now they're strong enough now they're tough enough, now they're rough enough to go to war with anybody and everybody and that's just what they do they become this war machine because that's what they've been trained to do from birth that's how they survived the onslaught of atrocities on their inner child so yeah, my inner child is damaged and um Yeah, I'm really sorry, little girl. Sorry we had to go through that. Because sometimes I feel like I'm betraying myself and I forgive, you know, people in my past. And this is not to say that I was perfect. I know I wasn't picture perfect. I know I wasn't all rosy. I know I had my thorns and people, you know, have their difficulties with me. Because I'm sure I have certainly done some damage to others. Which has also been visited upon me. Because I thought that's, that's what we do hurt people, hurt other people. But I think, in terms of conversating with myself, and even you guys listening to this uh, rumble, we ought to inform our judgment better. I think we ought to pay attention to our inner thoughts and try and weed out all the negativity. You know, because I know there's a build up. I know there's an excess. I know there can be a recess in your back of your mind. I know that there are deep and dark emotions you've kept bottled up because if you shared them, you got punished. So I identify very strongly with that experience where free speech is encouraged until it's to critique those above you. Your feelings are fine to be had, but not to be spoken about. And challenge is good in the classroom. Maybe even in the boardroom, but not okay in the bedroom. Or at least in the house. Because now you are destabilizing the structural integrity of this home unit. Your insurrection will cause rebellion on a mass scale, and you'll cause the others like you, your brothers, your sisters, your little cousins, to also go against the grain, which would not be good for anybody. But I feel like we should open up ourselves to critique. I feel like if we are not to be critiqued by others, we should at least be critical of ourselves, and we should be able to hold ourselves to account, because then we can minimize damage that we do unto others. If we first mitigate the chaos within. Yeah, I think. Self-esteem is is hard to come by. The people that I know have high respect for themselves have been through some tough times. They've really, really been to the trenches, you know. And it's a miracle that they are who they are. So that supreme confidence that they present themselves with is off the backdrop of perseverance and pain and unimaginable suffering. It didn't just come to be like that. Even my own confidence, arrogance, brashness, it comes with what I've been through. you know. But you, you don't start explaining your attitude or your personality to everyone you ever meet. You just simply don't have time. I don't have time to charter a course through my memory banks. So I can show you exactly where this rage is running through. So I show you exactly how deep my emotions are. I show you exactly how dark my thoughts can be at times. Because of the places I've been. Mentally, spiritually. Because of how low I've felt. Because of how alone I've been. And I hope to people who resonate with what I'm saying. Resonate with these feelings. You do. Send a message back to me. Because I think it's good to get these conversations going. I think the more we can focus on sharing circles and emphasize this free flow of feelings, the better we will be. I think we could also help others around us experience unconditional love. Because finding love sometimes is the people you love the most that hurt you the most. And those that you love the least that treat you best. But just because they treat you well doesn't mean they intend well or they mean well for you. Sometimes there's people who mean well but don't do such by you. Sometimes it's people who think highly of you but don't treat you as such. And sometimes it's people who are threatened by your potential. And sometimes you can become imbued with that way of thinking and end up thinking less of yourself and shrinking. And then you start to draw borders around your potential. Borders which are superficial. Borders which do not merely contain the greatness within you. And this is something I've become emphatic on in my last days. I'm not going to shrink anymore for anybody. I'm done capitulating for the culture. I'm done not saying no. I'm done playing hero, while everyone else is a villain to me. I'm sick and tired of it. I'm done. I'm done putting my hands up when hands are being thrown at me. I'm done taking a back step to disrespect. I'm done biting my tongue when venom is being spat at me. I'm done choking on my saliva because of the toxicity of the response I have, but holding it back, knowing the backlash that will be received once I speak my truth. I am done. I've had enough. And that, that is where I'm right now with regards to self-esteem. I'm building myself up to a point where I can be proud of who I am, finally. Where I don't have to pretend, where I don't have to wear different costumes, where I don't have to put on an act and do the dance and the song for people I don't care about, for people who don't care about me. I'm done being a puppet to masters who will never be grateful for my service. I am done. And so I'm currently experimenting with myself. I'm reading a lot, I'm writing a lot, I have a book because you have to come out, I'm really excited about it. And I have many other projects which I'm just exploring me and thinking about little me. So I'm in conversation with Kid Kun and we're healing, we're happy, we're healthy. We're at a point where we're starting to humanize our demons. We're starting to empathize with our enemies. And we're also starting to draw lines with fake friends. We're not as tolerant. We're not as peaceful. We're reciprocal. Yes, we're respectful. But we're, for damn sure, reciprocal. We're giving out the same energy. We're treating others the way we want to be treated. And treating them how they treat us. That's the energy I'm on these days. I wonder what energy you guys are on. I wonder if you. Have ever felt. Like. You never got your respect. Or you're underrated. You know. I feel like that. I still do. I hate having to. Say who I am. Or what I'm about. I hate having to endlessly prove my points. Of how far I've come. Or what I've done. I hate having to do that. I hate having to. Fight for my rights to then get told, yeah, but. It's like, no, yeah, but, no, no, no. You asked this, this is is me. This is me, this is who I am. I'm standing on this. This is what what have you achieved. This is what I've achieved. What are you doing? This is what I'm doing. Oh, yeah, but, uh, no. No. My time is now. Still I rise. And I am rising. Like a phoenix from the ashes. I should go now.